0: It's, I'm so encouraged by Scotty's word this morning. Um, and you know, it's, it's truly like that. Many times um, when people ask us, why did we go into education, it's exactly that. Because we realize there's a real answer that we need to give as the church. We need to be there in terms of those hours that Scotty just calculated for us. And we need to be the real answer regarding that. And I want to encourage you, I'm not campaigning for you to come to Stelio's Academy, all right? That's just part of the, the answer that we are actively, actively involved in. But I want to challenge all of your parents. If you have a child in school, you need to be active there. You need to be there. You need to be, you have an incredible influence and impact in the school, all right? There is no excuse for you not to be there. Okay, make the time. Make it a priority. All right? So I want to encourage you in that. So today, um, this is the the third session on faith. And today, because my gifting is more related to teaching, I'm a teacher at heart. You will find out in how I do my messages, it's like a teacher. But... Um, you know, when it comes to faith, there's a very interesting thing that the Word says in terms of faith, and it and it speaks of teaching, okay, when it relates to faith. You become a Christian, and then there is some equipping and training that is needed, okay? Now, the question you might ask is, now, when it comes to faith and it, when it relates to teaching, what should we teach, okay? and And, it, and we find that through the words of Jesus Christ in the Great Commission in Matthew uh, 28. I'm going to read it with you, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So what do you see there? In terms of teaching, Jesus is saying, teaching them to obey. So in the first instance, you, you see, okay, go and make disciples. The first step is what? Get them born again. That is what baptism is all about. You will baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is that new birth right? You are uh, uh, baptized as a sign of your new birth, as a a declaration. And when people sometimes ask me, why do you baptize? It is, well, because it's an obedience act. It's your first obedience act to show what has happened in your, in your life. And then it goes on to say, teaching them to obey. So there is this, this progression that needs to happen. So let's just step back and look at what happens in a Christian's life. So in the first instance, the gospel comes to you, all right? The Bible says, how can they, they hear if someone doesn't bring it to them, all right? So there's this first thing that happens, the gospel call comes to people, all right? And it is God that addresses us, addresses it to us, saying, hey, I've paid the price. That's the good news. So the good news comes to you. So what do you do with the good news? You accept it or you reject it. So when you accept it, that is your conversion. It is you repent of your sins and you trust in the work of Jesus Christ, the salvation that Christ has brought. So that is conversion. In that moment, God births new life in you alright, there's there's regeneration, that's the thing that happens within your spirit, okay, there's there's a renewal that happens within you, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, and God gives us right legal standing, there's justification, it's a legal term to say, you now have right standing, you now, because of that choice, you have the right to be with God, that's what it means. So, justification is a legal term to say, all right, you have the right to come. And I love this last one. And then God makes us members of his family. Just think of this. I see this picture when I meditated on this. I saw this picture of here I am in court and I am acquitted. You are justified. Do you stay in, in, in the jailhouse or the, the, the courthouse? No, you don't. You what? You go home. And God says, come to my home. And that's what happens is you are adopted into his family. That's amazing. So that is the first things that happen when you, when you become a Christian. Does it stop there? No. You need to grow in that obedience process. So the application of redemption that is a progressive work is sanctification, right? So get to know that word, sanctification. In Afrikaans, heilig maken. I like the Afrikaans word because it says what it does. Hey, mark your heilig, okay? He sets you apart. So the definition here is sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. Okay, and you'll see that I... That I mentioned in this definition, God and man. You are working with God, and I'll explain that. It's very important. That's part of the important message that I want to bring today in the process of sanctification. It is God and you working together, and I'll explain it with Scripture. All right, I'm going to do some systematic theology with you. All right, is that okay? So, sanctification is a progressive work, okay? It's not just a one-time work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. Ephesians 4 also speaks of how we need to come together as church. We need to build each other up, help each other in that church context so that we can grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ. In other words, become more and more like Jesus. So that is what we need to do. All right. So we are set apart, that, that, that sanctification, that, that process of being made holy, process. that process is there so that we can become more like Jesus and what Jesus did. And what did Jesus say? I came to do the will of the Father. In the same way, when you grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ, what will become, what will be the reality of your life? You will do the will of the Father more and more and better and better because Jesus did it perfectly. So the more I grow to the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, the more I will become like Jesus and the way he did life. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 20 to 21, it says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So it, ex- ex- it actually explains the, the fruit of sanctification because as you are set apart, as you are cleaned as a vessel, all right, you become What? useful to the master, and you now become ready for the work of God, right? So, you can do as Jesus did, the will of the Father. It's incredible. So, um, Wayne Grudem, in uh, the book, Biblical Doctrine, Wayne Grudem is a Excellent theologian in terms of systematic theology. Now, systematic theology is taking a subject and doing a study regarding the word, taking all of the context of the Bible and bringing it together in a, a context of a subject. So, regarding systematic theology in this context, Wayne Grudem says we um, cooperate with God. Okay, and scripture says that God and man cooperate in sanctification. He says some object. To saying that God and man cooperate in sanctification because they want to insist that God's work is primary and our work in sanctification is only a secondary one. And we see that in Philippians 212 to 13. However, if we explain the nature of God's role and our role in sanctification, clearly it does not seem inappropriate to say that God and man cooperate in sanctification. Next slide. We are not saying that we have equal roles in sanctification or that we both work in the same way, but simply that we cooperate with God in ways that are appropriate to our status as God's creatures. Very important. Scripture emphasizes the role that we play in sanctification with all the moral commands in the New Testament, making it appropriate to teach that that God calls us to cooperate with him in this activity. So it's clear that we cooperate. There's a role, okay? We are saying, yes, the primary um, person involved in our sanctification is God. But there is a role that I need to play. And to say I do not play a role is not the full truth, what the Bible teaches. God is actively involved in our cleanup process, in that sanctification process. But there is a role that I need to play. And if I do not pick up that role, there's something missing in my life. All right, the goal is I want to become more like Jesus. The goal is I want to do more like he did. So I need to grow in this way. So there's a part that I need to play in this. So sometimes in religion, the one will highlight the one and diminish the other and the other way around. So the one would say, do this, do this, do this, and the other one would say, just trust, just trust, just trust. But there's a, there's a role on either side that we need to understand. When we go and read Scripture, we need to, when we look at different subjects and truths in the Bible, we need to get the full truth because sometimes half-truths will get us in trouble. We will do things and we will look at life and it will actually hurt us and there will be a dimension that we will not uh, grasp or receive because of that. Okay. So God's role in sanctification, let's just look at God's role first. And the first point we want to make here is sanctification is primarily a work of God. Okay, don't get me wrong. Sanctification is primarily a work of God. Without the empowerment of God, it isn't possible. Okay. So in First Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's clear. It is him that is doing it in our lives. Now, the processes that God uses... One of them is discipline. Process of discipline. And and it's so interesting. In the Bible, discipline is always linked to being a child of God. Remember, the first thing that happens in our and our conversion is we become part of his family. So when you're part of his family, what does a good dad do? He he brings you in line. That's that's what discipline is. He's not he's not a punishful God, he's a God that brings you in line. He brings discipline into your life. Why? Because he wants to align you with his will. His will is best, okay? And he knows that he's best, so that's what he does, as a loving father. And the scripture you can go and read is Hebrews 12, verse five to 11, and we're just gonna read verse five. It says, "And um, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement That addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. It's a loving father that helps us. All right, so discipline is part of that cleaning up, sanctification process, bringing you back to his will. Um, God also sanctifies his children both by causing them to want his will and by giving them power to do it. right, we see that in Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to, to to fulfill his good purpose. Now, people that just focuses on you need to, it's only God that does sanctification. They quote the scripture. But what I'm going to do is there is a verse 12 that just precedes this one. That actually brings in the balance. All right, so you need to actually read verse 12 and 13. But in terms of our understanding of God's role, we need to know that it is He that enables you to will and to want. Okay, there's an empowerment that He brings so that you want it. Now think about this. If you're not a Christian, if you do not have that regeneration power in you, okay, if you're not righteous and justified, that is not there. All right. When it's there, there's this inherent pulling towards God's will, and He will empower you to do it, but ultimately, you need to make that decision, and that is what verse 12 is all about, and I'm going to read it with you now, and I'm I'm going to bring everything together. All right. So, God also equips His children. We see that in Hebrews 30, verse 20 to 21. Now, in Hebrews 13, uh, verse 20, it speaks of the redeeming work of what Jesus has done. So, because of the redeeming work, because of the price that he paid, through that, verse 21, he equipped you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us uh, what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. So, God Through what he has done, through Jesus Christ, has put everything in place so that we can be equipped to do his will. Now, if you uh, need to do something for God, if you need to grow and mature, you need to be helped. You need to be taught, and that is what it's all about. That is what that equipping is all about. And it speaks of, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him. So that equipping is bringing us to a place where we please God. Hebrews 11.6 speaks of, without faith it is impossible to please God. So you can see that that relates to faith as well. We have received a measure of faith so that we can make that decision. And then we grow in that faith. Okay, I hope you get this. And then sanctification is done by the Spirit, it's of the Spirit. First um, Peter one two, two Thessalonians two thirteen, Galatians five twenty two, Romans eight fourteen. Those are scriptures that speaks about that. Now remember, when Jesus ascended unto heaven, He gave us the Holy Spirit. Okay, and He empowered us through the Holy Spirit. So in the same way, we now need to live our lives. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So we need to be led by the Spirit. So it is the Holy Spirit who produces in us the fruit of the Spirit. We see that in Galatians 5.22. So the fruit of the Spirit. You are now a new creature, all right in Christ Jesus. So you need to look and act, talk and walk like Him. The fruit of the Spirit is that, well, that will be empowered through you. If we grow in sanctification, we walk by the Spirit and we are led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of holiness and it produces holiness within us. So the Bible also says we cannot go to God. He is holy, so we need to be holy. So that is also a relational thing. God wants relationship with us. Everything that he's done was because of that relationship. So he, he's brought everything through the Holy Spirit. He's helping us to be cleaned up, sanctified so that we can be holy, set apart. Why? So that we can have relationship. And the more we grow like that, the greater the relationship, the more intimate the relationship. God wants an a intimate relationship with us. Now, in terms of our role in sanctification, there's a passive side and an active side. All right, and I'm going to explain that. So the passive role is where we depend on God to sanctify us, and we trust God and pray and ask God. Now, now think about it. It's, It's our role. To be dependent, I need to place myself under God's hand. Okay, in the Bible, it speaks of humility being that. All right, so I need to be humble. So for me to depend on God, I need to place myself under his hand. For trust is not just something that God gives you, something that you choose. It's something that you accept and receive. It's something that you decide, all right? And you need to ask and pray for it, okay? Okay. But then it is God who does it. So in terms of the passive role, it is you asking God and then he does it. All right, you have nothing to do with it except you need to ask. You get it? And the Bible is clear on that. Why? Because we're not robots. God has made us in such a way that we can have relationship with him. The only way for us to be In that position is we need to be autonomous human beings. What does that mean? You need to be able to make your own decisions. So I need to trust. I need to place myself there. God doesn't force me. I need to choose it. But you're empowered to do it. The active role is where we strive to obey God and take steps that will increase our sanctification. It is like, how do I set up my calendar? What do I watch? What do I listen to? It is, it's it's disciplines. Um, What do I read? What do I spend my time in equipping and training myself? You get it? So the active role is where we strive to obey God and also do the will of God, okay? So in terms of our passive role, we need to yield, okay? That's what the Bible says, Um we offer ourselves, the Bible also speaks of, we become slaves to righteousness. And what does a slave do? They obey their master. In Romans 6:13, it says, do not offer any part of, your, of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. You place yourself, you offer yourself. As those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Um, We also need to put to death the the deeds of the body. In Romans 8.13 it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So it's by the spirit you put to death. So you are able to act. All right. So who does that? Who does the uh, the putting to death? All right. By the spirit you put to death. All right. So through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit you put to death. All right. There's an active role an active role that you you live out through the empowerment through the trusting. Okay, Um, in Philippians 2, uh, 12 to 13, now that the first part comes comes back that I just read previously, it says we need to, to be obedient to work out our salvation, okay, so that working out is the further realization of the benefits of salvation in our Christian life. Right, so you work out, you figure out, you have this relationship, you are being sanctified. Uh, John 14, 21 speaks of, uh, if you love me, you will obey me, and I will reveal myself to you. So there's this revelation of Christ through you obeying. Okay, So let's read now the, the Philippians uh, 12 and 13 verses. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, the second part is what we just, re- we, we focus on. We said, all right, this is what God does, all right? That will and to want, that is what he does. But look at this. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, the context is obedience, He's speaking from this place of, this is what you need to do. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's an active working at it. Say, Lord, I'm seeking you. All right? this is so important. Hebrews 11:6 six says, it is impossible to please me if you don't have faith in me. And then it goes on to, now seek me and there will be a reward. What's the reward? He, he is the reward. You will find him. Okay, now the commentary on the scripture is the following. The reason why they are to work and to expect that their work will yield positive results is that God is at work in you. The prior and foundational work of God in sanctification means that their own work is empowered by God. Therefore, it will be worthwhile and will bear positive results. So you see, I mean, this scripture in Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13, actually brings those two concepts of active and passive. It brings it together in a very good way. It's like if you work with God, if you are enabled and you realize that is what you have, out of that, you will make steps and you do things that will get you to the place where you are close to God. It's a seeking. Um, A few weeks ago, I spoke on... Um, achieving your full godly potential. And the one thing that I said is the important thing that we need to do is we need to seek God. And then there's many, many scriptures that speaks of the benefits of you seeking God. When you see God, it will go well with you. If you seek God, you will have wisdom. If you see God, you will be prosperous. I mean, there's many scriptures that speaks of the benefits of seeking God. And the sanctification process is you being made holy so that you can get to that place and you will be effective and you will be able to do his will. That is the best place where you want to be because that is how God designed you. So if you are in the sweet spot of God's design for your life, will you be fulfilled? Absolutely. You've been made for that. That is how God made you. So, you trust God to do the sanctification, and you say, Lord, I will do everything to pursue that. Now, we see that very clearly in Scripture. I mean, Scriptures that speaks of we are to strive for holiness, Hebrews 12 verse 14. We are to abstain from immor- immorality in First Thessalonians 4 verse 3. Actively work at your purification, 1 John 3, 3. Make every effort, 2 Peter 1, you know, um, to grow in character traits that is in line with godliness. I mean, the Bible is full of it. I mean, you can read other scriptures, Romans 12, 1 to 13, Ephesians 4, 17 to 6, Philippians 4, 4, Colossians 3, 5, 1 Peter 2, 11. Just reading it because it's recorded so that the people can hear Do you see that there's things that we need to do? But are we weak to do it? No. I strive through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I abstain through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I work at my purification, not out of my flesh, but out of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I make every effort, not because I'm good, because God is strong in me. That's how I do it. And I want to encourage you, Satan wants to tell you, you cannot do these things. And sometimes he will say, religiously, no, that's not your responsibility. God will sort it out. What does it do? It takes away you pushing in to the empowerment that's available to you to strive, to get there, to abstain from, to work to prove purification. It's so important. It's so important. And there's there's practical things that we need to do. Uh, We need to continually build up patterns and habits of holiness. There's no shortcut to growth. I mean, and and, and if you go and read the Bible, if you go and read Acts, for instance, it's full of it. It speaks of, you need to read and meditate on the word of God. Um, Psalm 1-2, Matthew 4-4, John 17-17. We need to constantly pray, Ephesians 6, 18, Philippians 4, 6. We need to worship God, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. We need to witness, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. We need to be part of Christian fellowship, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And we need to apply self-discipline and self-control, Galatians 5, 23 and Titus 1, 8. These things you need to apply. It needs to be part of, of the patterns that you build into your life. So the question you need to ask is, how is my Bible reading? How is my prayer life? How is my worship life? Am I witnessing? Do I see Christian fellowship as a priority? Um, And how is my self-discipline and self-control? You know, it's so important that we do focus on these things. There's no shortcut to sanctification. I want to end off with this quote from Wayne Grudem again in in Bible Doctrine. He says, it is important that we continue to grow both in our passive trust in God. Bless them. (laughs) I'm going to start again. It is important that we continue to grow both in our passive trust in God to sanctify us and our active striving for holiness and greater obedience. In our lives, if we neglect active striving to obey God, we become passive, lazy Christians. If we neglect the passive role of trusting God and yielding to Him, we become proud and overly confident in ourselves. In either case, our sanctification will be greatly deficient. We must maintain. Faith and diligence to obey. At the same time, the old hymn wisely says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So, if you think of, all right, we need to now teach faith. All right, in terms of faith, what do we teach? That obedience part, that sanctification. It's basically saying we need to grow in that trusting and obedience and faith and diligence. It's so important. The other day, I shared with you as well, I woke up and it's this clear word. It's like I woke up and it's like God dropped it into my spirit. It's like, don't fear, focus. Sure, yeah, Lord, what does that mean? And and I said, and I had this conversation with Lord. said, Lord, what does it mean? And he said, well, fear is that well-known acronym of um, false evidence appearing real. But then he said, well, what is focus? And it is faithful obedience that causes ultimate success. And it speaks of the sanctification process. That's what it, it's trusting and obeying. It's saying, Lord, you have it under control. I uh, saw a video this week of, a, a story of a lady speaking of a vibrant 84-year-old lady and she was full of energy and life. And she asked her, what, what is the secret? And she said, well, I didn't keep grudges. You know, I forgave quickly. And if I was offended, I dropped it quickly, okay? But, and the, and the other thing is, is then, you know, it, it relates to the things that you need to do. And then the other thing is she said, when there was things that really upset me, I looked at it and I said, Jesus, you saw it as well. And then she prayed into it. That's a trusting thing. And sometimes we want to get our hands on things that we shouldn't put our hands on. And sometimes we need to just do things that that God is actually expecting us to do. All right. Don't get it. Don't get it confused. Okay. Yes. Yes. There's incredible things that God has given us to do. We need to understand, Jesus himself said, I'm partnering with you. God is saying, I'm partnering with you because you cannot do it on your own. You need my empowerment, but now I've given it to you, now do it. Be obedient. Be the fullness that I've called out. Be the purpose that I've called out into you. You will be fulfilled, there will be joy and peace and longevity, and it will be for eternity. That is what I have for you. So guys, I want you, we will send out these slides again. It will be on those podcasts and and on, on the net as well, this message. But I want you to go and read these scriptures. Go make it your own. Make sure that you understand what it means to truly do sanctification as the Bible teaches. Okay, trust and obey, faith and diligence. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you, we honor you. Lord, we are so dependent on you. Lord, Jesus said that we need to be part of your vine, we need to attach to the vine, that's where the life is. But Lord, we want to grow and flourish And Lord, we want to allow you to prune us so that we can bear much fruit. Lord, help us to put down the things that we shouldn't be involved in. Lord, I pray for a revelation. And Lord, help us to understand what you can only do and help us to understand how we need to obey. Help us to um, repent quickly when, when you show us these things. And I also pray for a boldness, Lord, for obedience. Lord, I know that sometimes you ask of us to leave things and that is dear to us or we've, we've become accustomed to it. Lord, help us. Give us the strength to turn our backs to things that is not wholesome, that is not from you. Lord, I pray for that conviction. May we glorify you more and more. Lord, I pray for a more intimate relationship with you. Help us, Lord. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen.